And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're excited about today's program as we're going to talk about God's plan for the eschatology ages, as we talk about revelation of the, stay tuned for that. Again, an exciting program. Get your Bibles ready and follow along with us as Nathan and I take you through this incredible journey. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your word that lights our paths and gives us direction. Help us understand your big picture today as we dive into your word and open up our minds and hearts, Lord, to your leading. We thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into the truth to set you free. Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about God's plan for the eschatology ages. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to the program. Nathan, always a pleasure to have you with us. Always a pleasure to be on. Thank you, brother. Another fantastic week. I think you and I were saying how fast the time goes when you're having fun. Yeah, uh, we do seem to keep getting back to our recordings. Uh, maybe that's because it's the highlight of the week. Uh, it's true. It's true. But actually, you guys are lamb and lion, man. You guys are always having fun. I always keep uh, seeing all the wonderful things you're posting, all the incredible ministries. Uh, can you talk to us about, Nathan, uh, the ministry, your contact information, uh, some resources, just in case someone is new uh, to, the, to the ministry, and hopefully they can uh, maybe tie in and check out all of what you guys are doing. Okay. Well, the ministry that Vic's talking about is Lamb and Lion Ministries. I'm the internet internet evangelist with Lamb and Lion Ministries, and we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways, primarily through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired all over the world. And Dr. Reagan's a host, and I co-host that. And we also have our website at christinprophecy.org. We have a number of videos and materials, articles, newsletter you can sign up, social media. We want you to get excited about Jesus's return and you can check us out at christinprophecy.org. Ooh, amazing. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Again, for those of you that are tuned into the program, great, great resources. Also, another resource we would love for you to uh, jot down is the uh, cca.university. Our university would love for you to check that out for anyone that's wanting to grow in their relationship with the Lord and also in the knowledge of eschatology and biblical prophecy. So wonderful information for you. Uh, Nathan, talk about talking about wonderful information. You and I started this wonderful topic as we were looking at the life of Enoch and a very exciting program uh, that you and I uh, uh, did on our, on our last session and uh, people were excited. Uh, and Nathan, people were not aware regarding uh, Enoch's uh, prophecy of the second coming that tied all the way really from uh, Reve uh, Genesis all the way up to Revelation. So you and I agree that Man, for a small minor booklet uh, or, or, or teaching, if you would, it was powerful, powerfully packed. Well, a lot of people don't realize that Enoch was a prophet. We can read in Genesis about how he was taken or raptured up to heaven even before the flood. He was an ancestor of Noah. We read later in the New Testament how he prophesied. So it's interesting that he's, as far as I know, one of the first prophets of the Bible is uh is uh, Enoch, the little known that he was a prophet. Yeah, excellent point, Nathan. And, and that's why there's a lot of wonderful uh, uh, things in the Old Testament, especially, because every time we talk about Bible prophecy, people have a tendency to only think about uh, the New Testament, the book of Revelation. But you and I agree, Nathan, that really Bible prophecy is weaved through as God's plan for the ages through the whole Bible. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. It's, this is a theological term called a proleptic statement. I love this. It's where you read about Bible prophecy for the future, but it's written in the past tense. And the reason for this is God is outside of time. For him, all of human history, all of his, as you called it, his eschatological plan for the ages has already been completed. Uh, the eternal state is going on in God's mind. And he interjects into history to give a little detail for us who are linear. We have a start and then we go forward eternally uh, to know what his plan is. So the Bible is 31% of the Bible is prophecy. That's not just all locked up in the major prophets or the minor prophets or book of Revelation, but spread throughout the Bible. So you are absolutely right, Vic. Uh, the Bible overall is God's victory march, and he wants us to know about how he's going to win. Ooh, Nathan, and now you just mentioned something amazing. One third to one fourth of the Bible is Bible prophecy. And isn't it amazing, Nathan, how so many pastors and leaders are actually trying to avoid biblical prophecy? It's almost like, OK, well, then you're going to have to cut your Bible in, in half or throw a quarter of it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Thirty one percent. They'd have to cut out. Can you imagine reading a, a book to your child and you cut thirty one percent of it out? They have no idea what's going on. And the part you do cut out is the ending. Or picking up a mystery book and you read two thirds of it, but you don't finish it, so you never know how who the you know who the killer is, or you ne you never know how it ends. And, and pastors are really doing a disservice to their churches by not teaching Bible prophecy. Matter of fact, in Revelation, in two different places, the Lord says that you will be blessed for reading the book yes. of Revelation and taking it to heart. So God wants us to know how it ends, and He mm -hmm. wants Christians to know because. It gives us hope for the future, and for unbelievers, it gets them to be serious about what their eternal fate is and to give their lives to Him. Oh, absolutely awesome, Nathan. Thank you so much. That is fantastic. And again, that's why I want to encourage those of you that are being part of the program. Get your pens ready, a piece of paper, and get your Bibles ready, because every time we go through the Bible, uh, we bring you some wonderful scriptures and information to really bless you. Of course, we talked about the second coming. But another thing that we find in the Old Testament, it really is uh, an, an event or a time that we know in the New Testament as the time of the tribulation. But really, this period is mentioned by different names in the Old Testament, starting in Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 28. And it comes also known as Jacob's trouble. The question is, where do we get this change from Jacob's name to uh, a different name so that this biblical prophecy event would apply? Well, we're going to look at that as Nathan takes us to Genesis 32 and reads 20 verses 22 through 28, and then we'll expound on that. Oh, this is one of the, the stranger stories that, in the Bible that you picked here. This is where uh, Jacob wrestles with God. And verse 22 begins, And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and then sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man, capitalized, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against them, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men, and have prevailed. 
Woo, Nathan, that is a fantastic pass. And here we see the old name Jacob now changed to Israel, meaning governed by God, an individual that was governed by himself. Now God takes over. He's governed by God. His name is changed to Israel. And then from there, we find in the Old Testament, uh, the, the name that keeps coming up, Jacob's trouble. And, and we see, uh, Nathan, that this right here uh, 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 started out with this individual whose life was transformed. Yeah, it's interesting the name Jacob, uh, because he was a twin with Esau, even though they didn't look alike was second born and he was grabbing the heel of his, his brother as he was coming out of the mother. And that's where you get the name Jacob, which is, is to be roughly heel grabber is his name. But here the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Jesus is wrestling with Jacob, which is a definite picture of how the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, the Jews would behave with the Lord. They would be constantly struggling with him, but the Lord prevails and renames him Israel, which means struggle with God and with men. And so it, it's a, fascinating to see because Jacob embodies with the Jewish people the relationship they will have with God for the next few thousand years. Excellent point. And Nathan, of course, and we see a lot of the descendants, if I'm not mistaken, Esau, we're talking about a lot of Islam today, Islamic nations, and we see also that wrestling even up to today. They're always wrestling with God. You read throughout the Bible, and that's that's why God gives it to us. This He starts with this story for the beginning of, of Israel's history, that they would constantly be struggling with God, constantly trying to break away and God wrestling them back, so to speak, to, to get them to have a right relationship with him. And sometimes it, it involved dire situations where he would send them into exile, and that's happened twice. But as we see today, the Lord's bringing the Jewish people back. Israel is, continues to struggle with God, but there will be a time where that struggle will cease. Excellent point. And, and Nathan, and here we start to talk about, of course, Jacob and his troubles. And then, Nathan, we, we also find in the Old Testament, of course, that being one of those names for that time period that you and I know as the, the tribulation. So in other words, Jacob's trouble or the time of the tribulation in the Old Testament really goes by many different names. It does. And I hopefully will cover a few. I know uh, particularly you can find Ezekiel 38.8 calls these tribulation time period that's been prophesied the latter years. Ezekiel 38.16 calls it the last days. Uh, hopefully we'll get to Jeremiah 30, and that's where it actually says the time of Jacob's trouble. So uh, the New Testament authors base their understanding of this time on 19 references from the Old Testament. So you can find this in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Amos, Zephaniah, Zechariah, and Malachi. And the New Testament writers call this time period that's coming up the day of the Lord, and you can find that in Acts 2.20 and 1 Thessalonians 5.2 and many other verses. And the day of the Lord references the tribulation, a seven-year time period when God's going to pour out his wrath upon the world for its continued rebellion against him, as well as use that time to bring many people to accept Jesus' Savior, especially among the Jewish people. Excellent, excellent, Nathan. And of course, again, for those of you that are just tuned in and we see a number of you tuning in via social media, uh, again, we, we would love for you to continue to post any questions or comments that you might have on social media and we'll get to that. But again, we're talking about this very uh, important topic, God's plan for the eschatological, eschatolo, eschatological, uh, it is a mouthful, isn't it? it exactly. It is a mouthful. Apologies wow. this stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. And of course, we're you talking about the, the, what's that? You picked the titles. <laughs> yeah, I, I sure did. I, I picked a tongue twister, you know? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so we're talking about the revelation of this period, that tribulation. And, and, and Nathan, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, 
verse 24 to 27, but verse 27 starts to talk to us about the length of that time and what is what. Can you read for us uh, Daniel 9, 27, just in case someone is not familiar? Oh, that this is an excellent passage because Daniel 9, 27 tells us the length of time that this tribulation judgment time period will be. And uh, it says, then he, this is the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many, meaning Israel, for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall break an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations, he shall be the one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. It, it, it's a little confusing sound, but basically what it's prophesying is a one world ruler will rise up called the Antichrist. He will make a peace covenant with Israel which begins the time period, which we, one week in Daniel's prophetic week is seven years. So we know the tribulation will last seven years. It also gives us the information that in the middle of the week, the Antichrist will desecrate the Jewish temple, which hasn't been rebuilt yet. So we know it will be rebuilt. And when he sets up an abomination, in other words, he sets himself up to be ruled, as we read in Revelation, then he uh, will cause the Jewish people to flee into the wilderness and to become desolate, so to speak. So you can interpret Daniel 9 based on further prophecies given in Revelation and Zechariah and other places. Excellent point. And Nathan, again, and the idea is that we're drawing out for those people that maybe are new to Bible prophecy. Of course, we use a long-term eschatology, which I got a tongue twister there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but Nathan, what we're talking about here again is the same thing. We're talking about this period, seven years, the tribulation goes by different names in the Old Testament, but it's a reference to that same period uh, that Daniel talked about. Yeah, yeah, Daniel prophesied. His prophecy here gives us the length of this tribulation time period, these latter days, last days, days of Jacob's trouble, uh, that it'll last. So if we know, and as a matter of fact, to go further, it's seven years of 30-day months. So it's not, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31 days but it's biblically divided into 30-day months. So for 1,260 uh, days, which is the first half, or double that, that's uh, 5,220 days, exactly from the time that the Antichrist makes a covenant with Israel to the return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amazing. And again, Nathan, also, as we go to Jeremiah chapter 30, uh, looking at verses 3 through 7, as we also we're talking about this time period, also known as Jacob's trouble, is known as Nathan said, the day of wrath, the day of vengeance. It goes by many names. This is also defining what's going to take place in this uh, uh, period of time. Can you take us there, Nathan, to Jeremiah 30, verses 3 through 7, in case someone uh, tuned in doesn't have a Bible? It reads, For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Now these are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. For thus says the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with child. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor, and all faces turn pale? Alas, for that day is great, and that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Woo. And Nathan, we know that, again, it says no day will be like this. Uh, and of course, you and I know it's because of all the destruction uh, that is going to happen during that time. I mean, we're talking about all-out war, all the different nations of the world coming together. Yes, uh, it's been prophesied that eventually the entire world will turn against Israel. 
and under the Antichrist leadership will attempt to eradicate every Jew on the planet. Matter of fact, the Bible prophesies, I believe it's in Joel, that two-thirds of the Jewish people will be killed. That's nine million in today's numbers. That's even three million more than during the Holocaust. So we know that the Antichrist uh, will lead Satan's forces and, and humanity who hates the Jewish people to try to destroy Israel. And that will be their greatest challenge. And sadly, because Israel, Jacob, struggles with God all the time, uh, they've turned against him. Uh, for Israel, from what I've last read, was 85% of the people are secular Jews. So they need to be to be given great trial, great tribulation, like many of us do, in order to finally get serious about God and get to know him. And the Lord will use that trial and that tribulation to bring a believing remnant, not only of the Jewish people, but from all the tribes and tongues and nations of the world, to finally put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Mm. Excellent point. And Nathan, and, and the, the reason why we're bringing this about it, because maybe for some people this is new, but this time period that we talk about, Jesus himself uh, spoke about this time period. Um, would you be able to take us, Nathan, there to Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, and then we'll jump to Revelation 6? Because this is just fascinating. Oh, Matthew 24, with its parallel passages and Luke 21 and Mark 13, is, is the Jesus Christ giving more details about what the seven-year tribulation time period will like. And this is how Jesus labels it in Matthew 24, 21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor shall ever be. Woo, Nathan, and I love that because uh, we find that this period, uh, seven-year period known as the tribulation, some also sort of divided in half, three and a half year, and they call it the great tribulation, right? And Jesus is, is, is actually, in a sense, affirming Jacob's trouble, the day of wrath. Uh, it's the same period, the great tribulation. We find through Bible prophecy that during the seven years, the Antichrist sets up a peace covenant with Israel, likely because there's another prophecy about what's called the Gog and Magog War, where Russia, Iran, Turkey, and Libya, and all those nations will attempt to destroy Israel. Matter of fact, for the first time in history, all those nations are united right now against Israel. They just haven't attacked Israel in mass yet. And they will try, and they will be defeated. And the result of that war is that God will be known to the world. So we know that the onset of the tribulation, that the Jewish people will finally uh, accept God as, as, as um, their king, but they not yet Jesus Christ. And that's what the tribulation brings them to finally accept Jesus Christ as Messiah. It also leads the Antichrist to make a peace covenant, likely to protect him and his growing empire from God. He uses the first half of the tribulation to conquer the world. And when he's done that, like any monopoly, he turns around and starts persecuting the Jewish people. And he begins that, as we read in Daniel, by desecrating the temple. For the remaining three and a half years, the Antichrist is obsessed with killing the Jewish people, and that's why Jesus called the second half of the tribulation the Great Tribulation, because it focuses primarily on eradicating the Jewish people. Mm, excellent point. Again, Nathan, thank you again for those of you that just tuned in. You're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy, TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, again, as we're talking about God's plan for the eschatological ages, and we're talking about Revelation 
of the tribulation. And of course, we're going to be uh, jumping to Revelation chapter 6. So for those of you that just tuned in, we'd love for you to follow along with us in the Word of God as we're talking about Jacob's trouble, the tribulation, the great tribulation, and uh, this period that goes by many names and many much detail is given to us about this, of course, in the book of Revelation. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, to uh, Revelation uh, chapter 6 as we uh, open up uh, that wonderful uh, book and also share even more details regarding uh, this time period and the events. If you will be able to read for us there uh, verses uh, 1 through 5 uh, of Revelation chapter 6. That would be fantastic. Okay. Well, what we got here is by jumping to Revelation 6, we're now into the tribulation. And the tribulation is divided by 21 judgments from God. And each of these judgments are grouped into groups of seven. It starts with seven what's called seal judgments, then seven trumpet judgments, and then finished by seven bowl judgments. So with Revelation 6, we've read the church now is taken off this world. All believers in Christ are gone at the rapture. And now we have those left behind. And they begin to have to endure the wrath of God. Again, the wrath of God, to not only to judge sin, but to get people on their knees and finally repent and accept Jesus as Savior. And so when we uh, read verses 1 through, uh, well, let's do 1 through 4 if, if we could first, because that covers the first of the two seal judgments, and it begins, Now I saw when the Lamb, Jesus, opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Nathan, that is fantastic because, of course, we reference Daniel chapter 9, and uh, some people are saying, well, how do, how do these things tie together? And you, you, we're tying this wonderfully, Nathan, because technically we're talking about this is how really that period begins. It, it starts with a covenant, right, Nathan? It does. The Antichrist has made a covenant with Israel, and then he goes out to conquer the world. Uh, we read in Revelation 13 how he, he comes like a beast, uh, quiet and peaceful. Uh, everybody loves him. He's a Messiah-like figure. You know, he's the best of the best. It's like Superman. But quickly, his, it's revealed that he's a warmonger. And the first judgment is God lets loose an emperor who will conquer the world. At last, after all the thousands of years of people trying to conquer the world, the Antichrist, or Satan through the Antichrist, will conquer the world, and he plunges the world into world war. And that's where we get the second seal, where he takes peace from the earth and causes men to kill each other. In other words, we're talking about a world war to end all world wars. Mm, amazing. And Nathan, I'm glad you brought that up because oftentimes when we talk about Revelation chapter 6, sometimes, especially in the beginning, people seem to get uh, this uh, verses confused as they sometimes actually try to think that this is Jesus here because he's coming on a right horse, but that's not what this is referring to. Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus returns the earth on a white horse and with the saints also on white horses, but these white horses, or excuse me, this white horse comes with four. If most people, even if they don't know Christianity, have heard the four horsemen, of the apocalypse, right? These are the first two and the antichrist, he comes with a bow like he's a military leader, he's got a crown on him, which means he's a political leader, but uh, he has no arrows. He comes out like a diplomat. He's peaceful. 
Uh, we read in Revelation 13 how wily is like the tongue of a snake, he and his false prophet. And they pr offer peace to the world through world unity, the globalization that we hear today. But in the end, it will put everybody on the planet in slavery to the Antichrist. Excellent point. That's why I wanted to clarify that because we see again that this time period uh, is what we're referring to when we talk about Jacob's trouble. This is the tribulation. Uh, this is part of the beginning when the seal judgments uh, and, and then uh, trumpets and bowls. And this is basically uh, that term uh, in the Old Testament. And here, Revelation 6 and on just gives you great details into what's going to take place uh, during the period of time. So Nathan, again, this is just uh, an amazing, an amazing uh, prophecy uh, uh, for anyone maybe that wasn't familiar with all these terms in the Old Testament. And this is why we encourage people to become good students of, of Bible prophecy or just reading through the Bible. It all starts to make sense. This is why we're so excited to bring this program to you so that hopefully the Lord will open your hearts and that you would see the good news that is found in Jesus Christ. Here in Revelation 19, what we see is Jesus Christ in his glory, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible teaches that one day every knee will bow and everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And why not bow to the knee of Jesus now uh, and, and not have to deal with all these judgments that the Bible talks about? So those of you that do not have a relationship with Jesus, man, we want to encourage you. Come to trust in the Lord now while there is still time. We only have a few minutes left to our program, but I would love to ask Nathan Jones, like he often does, to give us that wonderful evangelistic uh, call to anyone out there that doesn't know Jesus and how they can start that relationship even right now. Would you be able to share that, Nathan? Well, it's fascinating to think that as we've been going through the Bible here, that the Lord has been prophesying this end time judgment all the way back to Jacob, and we're, we're talking here almost 4,000 years. This is going back pretty far. He knows the beginning and the end. God knows how that's going to end, and it's going to end, at least in this age, with the seven-year tribulation time period. Now, those who have accepted Jesus as Savior, they will be raptured, as Jesus uh, promised in uh, John uh, 14, and, and then Paul taught in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, that Christians will not have to endure this tribulation time period. We will be taken up to heaven. We won't be here. But those who have rejected Jesus, who have yet to accept him as Savior, who have repented of their sins and called upon him in prayer, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Whatever you pray from the heart, doesn't have to be that, but accept in faith that Jesus is the Son of God. Repent of your sins. Admit that you're a sinner and you need Jesus's blood to cover the just punishment for your sins. And you will be promised to have your sins forgiven, the guilt will be gone, and you'll reign over the earth during the millennial kingdom that will comes after the tribulation. Jesus' glorious kingdom on earth with the Lord forever and ever. I am excited about that. So accept Jesus Christ today. Don't have to see the tribulation and see these things come to fruition before you accept Jesus because there could be a chance that you'll be dead before then. Mm, thank you, Nathan, for sharing that again. For those of you that want more information, again, if you trust the Christ, listen, you're not alone. Give us a call, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. We'd love to give you more information and material so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe the Lord is coming back soon, and we want you to go in the rapture uh, with us. Fascinating. So, Nathan, that, uh, I mean, again, like Superman, time flies, man, and we've come to the end of our program. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but Nate, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I want to thank you so much uh, for serving here as our co-host and for being part of the program. Thank you for having me on, brother. This is an important topic. Uh, one of the things that helps me truly believe that the Bible is the Word of God and we can trust it for our faith and salvation is Bible prophecy, fulfilled Bible prophecy. And the Bible is filled with it. No other religion has fulfilled Bible prophecy, which proves that the Bible is indeed the Word of God. Ooh. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And again, for those of you that were part of the program, you can always catch us also after the program is over. Give us a call, a text message, or post any questions that you might have on social media, and we will be sure uh, to get back to you. So with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And of course, Victor Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye and have a great week. Maranatha.